0: Good morning Colorado, you're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Monday, December 18th. Today, Sun Outdoors reporter Jason Blevins has updates and good news on some high-profile public lands issues in Colorado. Before we begin, a quick message. Join the Colorado Sun on January 4th as the politics team looks at the 2024 legislative session and what we can expect to hear from legislative leaders. RSVP for free today at coloradosun.com events. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. Centuries ago, ancestral Puebloans thrived in what is now Mesa Verde National Park, mastering agriculture and building impressive stone structures Their most notable creation, Cliff Palace, was rediscovered on this day in 1888 by ranchers Richard Wetherill and Charles Mason. Inspired by photographs taken by William Jackson in 1874, the region attracted explorers and looters alike. Attempts to prevent artifact theft culminated when President Teddy Roosevelt established Mesa Verde as a national park in 1906. The park, expanded in 1913, encapsulates Colorado's rich prehistoric legacy, safeguarding remnants of a civilization that once thrived but mysteriously abandoned the area following a severe drought in the late 1200s. Before we continue, a quick thank you to our members, who make it possible for the Colorado Sun to bring you your news about our beautiful, complex state. If you aren't yet a member, consider joining now to support local journalism and gain access to member newsletters. Start your membership today at coloradosun.com join. Next, our future story. Hey,
1: happy Monday, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. I'm David Krause, one of the editors here at The Sun, and I'm always excited to be here for a Monday session of The Sun Up with Sun Outdoors reporter Jason Blevins. Hey there, Jason. Yeah, DK. Jason, a lot of movement in the past week on a number of fronts as far as Colorado uh, land use and uh, public land. So let's just jump in. We got a little bit of a litany of updates. Um, So let's start with Jason. Big development, especially for the uh, world of 14ers access as well as landowner liability. You had a story last week jb uh the man who owns the land that includes mount democrat uh south of breckenridge has sold the land to the state uh jason what's the details on that um uh recent sale But exactly
2: um fellow that owns a miner that owns uh lots of acres along the decalibron trail which accesses three four fourteeners above alma there in park county um in the mosquito range uh few months ago he sold his land to the conservation fund and last week conservation fund sold that land to the pike san isabel national forest so short way to say it forest service has a new 14 year in colorado um mount democrat is now public land sort of resolves a bunch of thorny issues around access and liability uh that landowner had um over over the past several years it closed that trail, closed access to that trail, citing liability concerns over potential lawsuits from hikers who maybe would be injured in all the old mining structures he has along that trail, Um, all stemming from a 2019 Federal Court of Appeals decision and all this swirling controversy around the Colorado Recreational Use Statute that has these landowners saying, Hey, you know, we're gonna close access because we think we could get sued. And there's a big push to, you know, reform and amend that recreational use statute. And but one of the ways that this has been resolved in and sort of mosquitoes is Mount Democrat, 14er, um, is now within the public realm. It is public lands, um, sort of resolves a lot of thorny access issues. There remains private land along the Decalibron Trail, Mount Bros obviously remains a private um privately owned summit any summit any uh, access to that summit is technically trespassed so kind of a you know thorny issues multifaceted but one resolution step towards resolution has been to move those lands into public land um the pike san isabel national Forest got 3.4 million dollars from the land and water conservation fund which obviously spends money to uh conserve, protect, maintain public lands. Um the Pike St. Isabel, they're not saying exactly how much they spent for this this 289 acres on Mount Democrat, only that it was a portion of the 3.4 million that came from the Land and Water Conservation Fund. And an interesting uh, sort of quip talking to the uh acting supervisor over the Pike St. Isabel, Jason Robertson, and he says that there's more coming. So um, could be seeing them spending a little bit more of that money to uh, preserve Alpine access in the Pike, San Isabel. So might be talking more about that down the road. Yeah, that's something that I know uh, you've uh, paid attention to.
1: Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast a few times as far as landowner liabilities and the um, the statutes and all that. So always interesting to see something develop out of there uh jason let's go to dc now um figuratively at least um you had a uh exclusive in the outsider newsletter uh came out thursday with the core act which is finally finally moving out of committee in dc and we might see something going on uh there jason you covered that for how many years what's going on as far as the core act, maybe, uh, getting a little new life.
2: Yeah. what they call this back in the day? So it was like hidden gems when, uh, um, uh, Jared Polis was a congressman. Um, yeah. So this is, uh, 10 years of work for this core act. Um, Michael Bennett, Senator Michael Bennett's uh, legislative proposal that he built, uh, to protect about. 420,000 acres in Colorado, increase federal protections for those lands, create some new wilderness areas down in the San Juans, create a Camp Hale historic area, create, you know, national or a conservation area around the Continental Divide, suspend oil and gas drilling around uh, the Thompson Divide. So big proposal. Um, He's been pushing this every year for about five years. It finally moved out of committee. On uh, on Thursday morning, very anticlimactic, <laughs> sort of no no discussion, roll call vote. Um, it went bipartisan. Um, senator from Alaska, Republican senator senator on the U.S. Senate Energy and Natural Resource Committee, voted to approve it, sort of proving the uh, Western values of uh, public land often supersedes partisan sort of voting and issues uh but sort of a big win and in the history of the core act this is the farthest it's been (laughs) so it's back on it heads to the senate floor it's already on the uh house of representatives floor so hopefully we i don't know those guys are hoping that maybe they can get some discussion actually get some movement on that um and that's uh like i said the furthest it's been along Important to note that also last week, um, the Forest Service proposed a a rule that would remove mineral exploration and oil and gas drilling from 225,000 acres in the Thompson Divide. Thompson Divide is a big sweeping patchwork of public lands south of Glenwood Springs, sort of Glenwood, all the way to Crescent Butte. We wrote, wrote about that last week very big deal because it includes um, removing molly mining from Mount Evans, Emmons, the uh, red lady above Crested Butte, which is a nearly 50 year fight that they've been scrapping with um, mining. companies trying to pull all everybody wants molly out of that beautiful mountain up there. And the folks in Crested Butte sort of a community defining fight out there to, uh, to block mining on the, on that red lady peak. So um pretty pretty big shaking news out of the public lands there in the Thompson divide last week
1: uh Jason let's switch gears uh next one on the list you spent a good amount of time over there uh earlier this spring the Dolores River Canyon protection proposal um kind of some uh uh, battling bills, as it were, um, some new conversations about the uh, conver- uh, conservation and rec area around the lower Dolores. Uh, JB, w- what do we know as far as getting some
2: protections over in that part of the state? Also, that committee, this um, Senate committee, also moved um, uh, Senator Bennett, Senator Hickenlooper's bill called the Dolores River National Conservation Area and Special Management Area Act. Um, it's going to protect, increase protections for about 68,000 acres around the river. Um, Congresswoman Bobert is also on board with that one. Sort of an interesting uh, alliance there in terms of uh, public lands bill. Um, and that would, you know, basically... Create special protections, conservation, special management areas, recreational access around that lo- lower Dolores River um, for sixty-eight thousand acres. It, it also removes uh, sections of the river from wild and scenic river designation, and allows for existing mining operations, a lot of uranium mining around that area. Um, but there's a con- another effort to create a national monument around that area much larger as as large as five hundred thousand acre national monument around that uh dolores river area so significantly bigger bigger push and it sort of reflects the 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 struggle in congress to get these public lands acts like i said core act has been proposed for a while but we got camp hale continental divide national monument created through um the antiquities act by president biden um, President Biden also uh, pushed the Forest Service to remove mineral rights from the Thompson Divide. So there's like these two competing kind of approaches to getting public lands conserved in in the West. One is through Congress, which down, you know, up to Thursday before that bill actually moved to the um, Senate floor, hadn't been a lot of movement in Congress on you know the Core Act and these these bills. But presidents seem to be Using the Antiquities Act, and that might be a more um, productive way for conservation advocates to get their, you know, bills across. So there's a there is a sort of competing push down on the Dolores River to create a national monument, which would be significantly bigger than the uh, conservation area and special management area, uh, which was part of the package of bills that moved along through the uh, Senate committee last Thursday morning. Jason,
1: did um Obama use the antiquities yeah. to preserve or to make the Brown Canyon, uh Browns Canyon National Monument? Yes. Do
2: you remember? Yes, he yeah. did. And um uh President Clinton did Bear's Ears and you know other other national monuments. Every president seems to be really fond of using the antiquities act It's a it's a uh, it's a easier tool than maybe than uh negotiating through, you know, split. Partisan issues in in congress in terms of land conservation um as you know, you know republican uh congresswoman bobert calls a lot of these things a land grab um, she calls core act a land grab so um some some different positions political positions in congress on some of these public lands and land conservation bills that uh has sort of elevated the idea that the antiquities act is is an easier tool to use in terms of uh, expanding and creating. But again, it can be used the opposite way too. If you look at the way president Trump um, reduced the size of the bears ears, national monument in, um, in Utah. So uh, an interesting tool that can kind of, you know, be used to conserve land also be used to reduce the size of land. So kind of an uh interesting uh, push out there on the Dolores. We'll see how that all shakes out. Obviously, if, um, president biden decides to use the antiquities act to create a national monument around the dolores river you will read it first in the colorado sun yeah you will
1: all right let's wrap up with this uh jason it seems like it should be a slam dunk um to push through um congress but of course nothing is these days um the blue sky wilderness act uh is getting is pushing around in dc that's the act uh to rename the mount evans area the mountain was renamed recent uh earlier this year jb uh where are we at with the blue sky wilderness act
2: yeah so uh usgs board on geographic names earlier this year changed the name of mount evans to mount blue sky um sort of a nod to the Arapaho and cheyenne um indigenous folks as well as a ceremony that uh Arapaho Celebrate sort of a special name over there for, for that peak, that 14 or over Deborah now. But it requires Congress to change the name of a wilderness area or create a wilderness area. So, um, unless you're using the antiquities. So, uh, there's one thing that is kind of um, interesting is that there's still beneath Mount Blue Sky is the Mount Evans Wilderness. So, uh, Senator Hickenlooper has proposed a bill to change the name of that. 75,000 acre wilderness area to Mount Blue Sky Wilderness to kind of match the name of Peak over the name of the wilderness. Hopefully, um, that seems to make sense and uh, happens quickly because it sure would be odd to have a wilderness name that is different than the peak within the wilderness area. Um, So, that is yet another bill that passed through uh, the, the natural or the energy natural resources committee in the Senate. US said it uh, on Thursday morning again with a pretty anticlimactic vote. They they did a group vote for like I think a dozen pieces of legislation to move those along. They'd already passed through subcommittees and things like that. So um pretty yeah, like like we said, start this off. That was sort of a pretty pretty big morning for Colorado Public Lands up there in DC.
1: JB, always great uh having you tracking these things and all your fingers in the pie uh, so to speak and, and and making sure we're updated looking forward to it i know you're also chasing all the news on the wolf reintroduction uh, reintroduction probably going on this week so appreciate the heads up on that uh, i want to thank everybody for sticking with us on this edition of the sun up if you want to read more about these stories and the colorado outdoors go to coloradosun.com and click on that outdoors tab at the top of our home page and you can also sign up for Jason's free uh, weekly newsletter. The Outsider comes out every Thursday, it has some exclusive stuff in there. It's part of our premium package. You can sign up for that bad boy at coloradosun.com slash outsider. Hey, Jason, have a great week. Thanks, D.K.
0: You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. The company charged with keeping uranium-tainted water out of Denver and Arvada's drinking supply is walking away from cleaning up a shuttered mine in Jefferson County. Now, state officials will take over a $7.6 million surety bond they say will continue to fund a treatment. State reclamation officials said without water treatment and other uranium reclamation, the mine above Ralston Reservoir has leaked tainted water into key city supplies. Colorado officials won't know until the end of next year's treatment season how many years the surety bond will last in running the plant. For the second year, Colorado's Low Income Energy Assistance Program is receiving a record number of applications to start the heating season. The federally funded statewide program helps eligible people and families pay a portion of their winter home heating bills by making a one-time payment directly to the utility company. More than 71,000 Coloradans have applied for the program. That's a 12% increase in the number of applications received this year compared with this time last season. Families can receive between $200 and $1,000. Applications are accepted through April 30th. The road to getting tickets to next year's famous Telluride Bluegrass Festival has a lot more turns to combat the secondary market. Colorado is one of a few states with a law that once someone or something buys a ticket, they are free to do whatever they want with it. Last year, state lawmakers attempted to revise the lack of consumer protections by making it legal for venues to cancel tickets bought by bots. The bill failed on the governor's desk, but the Telluride Bluegrass team was taking notes. This year, they implemented a screen process that helped weed out the unsavory characters. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now, a quick message from our team. I'm Lauren Wynott, Director of Membership at The Colorado Sun. I came to work at The Sun because quality, trustworthy journalism is important. As a reader and listener, I find The Sun to be a breath of fresh air. The journalists tell Colorado stories that keep me informed, entertained, and engaged. If you also trust The Sun for your news, join me as a member at coloradosun.com join. Your support helps to bring you and other Coloradans the news you deserve. We couldn't do it without you.
2: Thank you.